But I'm going to share something from Scripture. And uh, I'm just wondering, um, Liz, do you want to come and read for us? If you get this good, we'll give you a round of applause. No, we don't do that, do <laughs> <laughs> So the reading is from Exodus 31 if you want to turn to it in your Bibles, if you've got one. And it's first 11 verses. So Exodus 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, I knew I'd have problems, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. Moreover, I have appointed Aholiab, son of Ahishamach, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given skill to all the craftsmen to make everything I have commanded you. The tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, with the atonement cover on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent, the table and its articles, the pure gold lampstand and all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering, and all its utensils the basin with its stand, and also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests, and the anointing oil and fragrant incense for the holy place. They are to make them just as I commanded you. Amen. Amen. Did very well. I cheat. I call them Beza and Ollie. It's easier, right? In Exodus 20, Moses is given the Ten Commandments. He's up on a mountain with God. I mean, that must have been amazing to begin with, to be in the presence of God. But then God gives him these tablets with Ten Commandments. They're not Ten Suggestions, all right? So when you read them, read them as commandments. You are commanded to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You are commanded to love your neighbor as yourself. And yet I've, I heard about a guy in prison who when he became a Christian in prison, he said the Ten Commandments, he said, it made them all different. I shall not commit murder. I shall not covet my neighbor's things. He said they became alive because they said you will not. But he said, I said, I shall not. And it changed them. So here we've got these Ten Commandments for all kinds of things. How to look after property. How to look after your neighbor. How to look after your parents. How to look after um, your slaves. Everything. How to keep the Sabbath. God is very clear on how he wants his people to live. Everything even about the oil and about the garments that the priest should make, should wear. All sorts of things like that. So I could imagine Moses, you know, thinking, wow, I've got to go down and tell the people all these that God has commanded. And then he starts telling him about how he's going to build this tabernacle to be worshipped in. 
And it's a lot of different things were included. I actually went through the whole thing and I counted 32 different things to be crafted or made, including bread. So bakers were involved as well. And I thought to myself, my goodness, poor Moses. I bet he was sitting there thinking, oh my word, how am I going to do this? I don't know the first thing about making oil. I don't know the first thing about how to do things with silver and gold. But then in chapter 31, he's told that God has already chosen Bezalel and Oliab. Now, Bezalel is from the tribe of Judah. And his name means under the shadow and protection of God. He had a great name. And he was from the tribe of Judah, the highest tribe. He was saturated in craftsmanship. Absolutely saturated when you read it. Now, when God created Adam, he breathed his spirit into him. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God comes upon people. Bezalel is the only, is the first man after Adam where God put his spirit in him. The next time, if, if you look up with, with the Hebrew, the next time that the same phrase is used although it is translated into the Aramaic and the Greek, is when Gabriel actually says to Mary, when she's saying she can't be pregnant because she's never been with a man, he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the Holy Spirit will dwell in you. And it's exactly the same. So Bezalel, Beza, had the Holy Spirit of God come in. In him. Now that tells me something. That tells me that if God wanted his tabernacle to be so beautifully decorated and so ornate in gold and silver and oils and you name it, that if God wanted that and he put his spirit into a man to have him do it, it tells me that creativity, which is part of God's nature, the creator God, and we are made in his image. God's creativity is important. Our creativity is important to God. Whether you're a musician, a baker, a butcher that can cut meat into real perfect pieces, whatever it is, a gardener, a flower arranger, creativity and art of all genres is important to God because he's made us in his image. He said, let us make man in our image. Well, part of our image of God is creator, creativity. I remember being in awe of Doreen's sister when many, 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 many years ago she agreed to make me a, a little jacket. I still have that jacket. I can just about into it. I can't, it, it doesn't do anything for me. But she made that. I was with her, we picked the fabrics, we made it. I was in awe of how she could do it. It is precious to me. It's one of those remembrances that, that Chris was telling us about. I can't get rid of it and give it the charity shop. You know, it's something very memorable to me. Crafts are important. So here we have Beza from the highest tribe, and then he gives him, I'm going to give him a helper. I'm giving him 
Oli. Gave him Oli. Now, Oliab, his name means tent of my father. And it's Dan is seen as one of the lowest tribes. So we've got the highest tribe and one of the lowest tribe. You see, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what tribe you're from, what nationality you are, what your cultural heritage is. God still chooses you. He's still there. He wants you. And his job was to help Oliab. Uh, sorry, to help, yeah, to Beziel. Ollie was to help Bezer. And everybody, when you look in scripture, have been given people to help them. You know, Elijah had his Elisha. Adam had his Eve. Simon's got his Jocelyn. Or Jocelyn's got her Simon, should I say. I'm still waiting for mine, but that's another story, isn't it? But what gets me about these two is that the first person to be filled with the Spirit of God wasn't a king, wasn't a priest, wasn't a prophet, wasn't some rich nobleman. It was an artist. That should give us great joy, Ben. You know, God put his Spirit there, not only with skill, but gave him wisdom and knowledge. And those are the two things, you know, wisdom we need to ask for and to know when to speak, when to create, what to do. But also knowledge. I'm still honing my craft, if you like. I've never been to art school like Ben or anybody else. I'm just learning as I go along. YouTube is pretty good. But Leonardo da Vinci said, where the spirit does not work with the hand, there is no art. And I don't know whether you've ever been to any art schools or university art departments, end of year graduate shows. I've been to a few and they're very dark. They're very dark. My friend's daughter did three panels and they were totally black and that was her final piece. And I said, yeah, but what was underneath them? And she went, oh, you get it. And I said, well, I'm assuming you didn't just paint three canvases black and put them in and give it a nice title. There was a process. But it was saddened me that this gifted artist at the end could only show three panels of dark. And I've been to some, they're either dark and horrible or they are overtly immoral. Let's put it that way. And they're not good at all. What happened after Moses had been given these, these um, tablets and all this instruction, he came down and what did he find? They had been all the craftsmen that could, I mean, I don't know how to smelt gold. They'd got the gold that had come out of Egypt. They'd been lavished it by the Egyptians to tell them to go. They made a golden calf. They were worshipping an idol. Craft and art had been used for the complete opposite reason that God was there giving instructions. You see, the enemy wants to get in, even with the arts. We're all artists. We're all artists. Don't care what anybody says sitting here. You all love art. You all embrace it. You get involved in it. You've got a voice. You've been singing this morning. What about when you go to a wedding? I'm going to one in America. My, my godson's getting married in America, and I've got to go to America. I don't really want to go to America, but I'm going to go because he's my godson. But 
people at weddings, they do floral arrangements. The bride has to have her hair and makeup done. You know, it's an art form. The dress. But then what do you do at the reception? You dance, don't you? Don't you dance? There's certain things you do in the service, there's certain rituals, but you dance. About funerals, again, floristry, music. There's a lot of ritual that we do, and we're quite creative. You go to some cultures, funerals are bigger than the weddings. We tell stories, we read poetry, we might write poetry. I do a lot of it for me. My sketchbooks are not for anybody else to see. They're mine. If I just feel like doing a scribble, I'll do a scribble, but it's mine. But I do it because I enjoy it. It's not for anybody else to see. And I try and use my art to share something of God with the people. Got written here, art is the human response to an encounter with something deeply meaningful. And great art becomes the doorway to an even deeper experience of that meaning. And that's what I want my art to be. My encounter with the songs we were singing at our prayer meeting about worshipping God was colour. I just kept putting colour on and mixing it and pushing it across and doing and I was just worshipping God with colour, with paint, with colour. It was deeply meaningful to me. And it became a deeper doorway for somebody else who was watching as I was doing it. The same with the drips. It took somebody into a deeper encounter of the blood of Jesus. And that, for me, is important. We're assuming that Aaron didn't do the smelting himself, but there was craftsmen there who did the smelting that made the golden calves. There is always the danger that we use our gifts for our own glory. And we have to be careful of that. I was preaching last week in London. I'm here this week, and next Sunday I'm in the church I worship at. Well, I'm doing two services because there's one in another, our sister church, so I've been roped in to do both. It's very easy to try and do it all in your own strength. I stopped preaching. I don't think I spoke in church for about the, the, the past three months. And my vicar kept coming and saying, can I put you down this month? And I'd say no. Because I knew that it wasn't what God was asking me to do because I knew of struggles that I was having personally and I didn't feel it was right. I could have done it. You can write a sermon and you can get up and you can preach. But I can't do it if it is not going to bring God the glory, if it's just about me being up here doing something. And I won't do it. A, because it's not right, and B, because nobody gets blessed and God doesn't get the glory. Some have turned their craft into an idol. In chapters 33 to 35, verse 3, we have it all repeated again. You see, Moses could have come down, thrown the, you know, the tablets got broken, gone up and said, Lord, I'm not going down again. Look what they did last time. No, you, you want it, choose somebody else. He didn't. He went up and he came down again. 
From verse 4, we see that Moses doesn't forget God's commission to build a house for him to worship him. So I have a question. What has God commissioned us to do, you to do? I know in Matthew 28, it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. This isn't just the commission for the disciples to have gone. It's, the disciples, it's for each one of us if we're a follower of Jesus. We are a disciple of Jesus. It's each one of us. It might be that you're reaching here in Stone Cross or in West Bromwich or even wider, wherever you are. You can use your art form, your gift that God has given you for him wherever you are. So Beza and Ollie are mentioned again. They're reminded that these, and all the craftsmen, it was like Ollie was Beza's right-hand man. He was the one that would maybe do some of the running around, do some of the crafts. But I can't believe that Bezil actually did everything. He smelted this, he made this. It took him for years. And I don't think all this happened as well in, in just a matter of a few months. But he would be the one that would get apprentices. Look up there, I look at Alan. Hi, Alan. Faithfully sitting on that twiddly knob contraption. Oh, dear. What happens if Alan goes on holiday? Who does it then? How is there not somebody sitting here that maybe would think, you know, I'd like to have a go at that. I don't know anything about it. But I'd like to have a go at that. I wonder if Alan, Beza, could train me, Ollie, to do that. Maybe there's Bezas and Ollies sitting here. Maybe some of the older folks can reach out to their grandchildren. What's the first thing you do before you embark on a project? You get all the resources together. And you get everything you need. You count the cost. So maybe it's for somebody here this morning, you're going to have to think about your craft, what you can do. I was at somebody's house last week who was busy making food. They got quite upset with me because I didn't tell them I was coming because they couldn't feed me. And then kept saying, are you sure you're not hungry? I'll find you something. Are you sure you're not hungry? They really wanted to feed me, but I'd, I'd had lunch. I didn't really need anything. But they were busy in the kitchen making food, not just for them. Oh, no, I, I take some to so-and-so because they, they, they don't cook on a Friday. And, oh, and then I've got some more and I'll take it to so-and-so. They were using their creativity and their gift and their passion to feed other people. And I'm sure there are those of you who do it and does it a lot for me. She's always feeding me now. I'm 64. She still loves me and she'll still feed me. It's great. So Moses has also asked people to bring the gifts. They've used a lot of them, I'm sure, on this golden calf. But he asks them to bring. Bring an offering. So they brought things. So much so, you'd love to be in this position. So much so, he had to say, stop, we have enough. They brought 
yarn, gold and silver yarn, bronze, blue and purple. I just get excited with colour. I have a passion. One of my passions is colour. If you look at my notes, it's <laughs> I like to highlight. I like colour and there's all different ones. He asks those who are skilled to come and make everything. But they will be under the leadership of Beza and Ollie. We're all under leadership. I have a line manager, but I'm also under leadership of OM International Arts as well. And then everybody came, brought what they did. No craft was given greater prominence than any other. So don't think, well, mine's not worth as much as so-and-so's. I don't. I stand in awe of Ben's raw talent with drawing. But I'm sorry, he's no greater than me. In God's eyes, we're just using what God's given us. No craft is higher than another one. No musician, I can't play, I play the guitar, I've done it in church a little bit, but I can't do bar chords, and unless it's in CF and G7 and a couple of E and M's, A minors, I can't do it. But I've been sat watching Liz this morning, and, she and I can hear the guitar, and she plays beautifully. And that's really blessed me this morning. Seeing Dave up on his bass and seeing you on that box thing. I had to go on one of them. I didn't get it. But nobody's greater than anybody else. We all need everybody. I need you lot. You know? And, and it's, it, it, it's, we're all in it together. We are all the church. So the rest of Exodus to the end is given over to how they made it. Do you ever wonder why some things are put in scripture that you've got to read and they don't seem that exciting or it's not saying anything about, you know, anything. But actually this tells me that the making of things is important to God. He's I am sure those of you who are parents, when your little ones came home with a picture and you stuck it up in the kitchen or on the fridge, it might be a load of scribble it don't matter does it i loved coming home and saying to my mom oh, my picture's gone on the wall it probably wasn't anything worth putting on the wall but it gave me mom joy it gives you joy when a little one comes home and says look what i've made i've still got the first christmas card i ever made for my parents my mom's kept it all these years and that tells me she was pleased with it why do we think that god isn't the same why do we think that God isn't excited when we draw a little picture saying, that's Jesus, and, and that's where I am at the minute, and I'm over here, but actually I'd like to be here, and we, we scribble it down. In your prayer and fasting, what's stopping you getting paper and glue and scissors, and as part of the prayer, make a journal page of where you are, write words, decorate it. It's for you and Jesus. And he's going to say, oh, I'm so excited. I'll put that on the wall in heaven. There's walls in heaven, but you know what I mean. There are 16 chapters in total about this one event. That tells me God is interested in craft and arts, visual art, cooking, oil making, interior design, the whole kit and caboodle. 
I want to challenge you every time you read scripture to make a note of every time an art form is mentioned. Not just from here, but from, you know, David. We've, we've got a whole book of songs from David and other people who, who are in there. Writing proverbs is actually an art form. Jeremiah went to the potter's house. What do you see? It was an art form that was speaking. Even if they're not in the context of art. The whole Bible is a work of art. It's God's love letter to us. Art is valuable because it gives us a vehicle to express praise. And we've been singing this morning. That's all what it is. The, the, that first song we sang, I think it was the first one, you know, that's just the way it is. God doesn't need us. He doesn't need our scribbles and our art. And, you know, I, I look at some of the brilliant photographs that um, Michelle puts up on Facebook. How she gets those little babies to lie like this and do all that. I'm amazed. I wonder whether they're real, you know, because they're so... But the, the composition of her photographs are incredible. God delights when we use our creativity. But it provides us a vehicle to releasing praise and to throw ourselves into the arms of God. The Westminster Short Catechism says the chief end or purpose of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But we can't do that without artistic expression. When you raise your hands, it's almost like a dance. You know, when we're praising the Lord, you're dancing before the Lord. You're releasing that expression. We have to express ourselves in some way because without it, there's no worship. We just sat there going, oh God, yeah, you're great. Yeah, we love you. Yeah, you're magnificent. Be a bit, there's nothing to enjoy. God wants us to enjoy it. Enjoy him. I want to enjoy God and I want to pass on how much I enjoy God to other people. Because that's the way it is. God wants us to enjoy him and release ourselves to his worship. Are you a Beza or are you an Ollie? There's room for both. Is there something you've always wanted to try and have never had? It's never too late. I've just come back from a canal outreach. I took a, I took a big gamble and I hired a boat. It cost £3,000 to hire a 21-meter barge. And I took six ladies up the canal by me to do art and to spread the gospel. I didn't think, a few people even in OM didn't think this was going to work or happen. It's just one of Janice's ideas. But it worked. We preached the gospel. We gave out hope. We gave out paintings. It was amazing. One of the ladies who was with me was 85 years old. At first she said, oh, I'll never be able to get on a boat. I said, we'll make a way. She came with her stroller. We lifted it on the boat, we lifted it off the boat. I didn't think she, when I saw the boat, she's never going to get on a bunk. 
then found out there was a table that could be lowered and made into a bed. She, was, she had the double bed. She was happy. But she was such a woman of prayer and encouragement. I'd go with her again. So you're never too old to start something and to say, you know what? I've always wanted to learn. I've always wanted to. Then you be the Ollie and find your beza. And the Lord will show you how you can use it for his glory. Because that's why he'll give it to you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you chose to put color in our world, not just gray. I'm glad, Lord, that you said that we should worship you with the timbrel and the dance. I'm glad, Lord, that you put poems and songs into David. Thank you for all your creativity that is expressed in our world and in your people. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and dwell in us even more so that we can use it to express our love for you, our worship of you, and share that with others. I want to thank you and praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.